Coming up next on the Cultural Connections Podcast, part two in our series of giving back to the community during the holiday season. We'll be joined by David Sellers, Executive Director of the John M. Barry Boys and Girls Club of Newton, Massachusetts. This episode is being recorded live on Thursday, December 16th, 2021. This is the Cultural Connections Podcast. My name is Brian Ives, and I'm producer and host of the Cultural Connections Podcast. We are coming to you live on Facebook now on uh, Friday, uh, Thursday, December 16th, 2021. Normally, if technology folk, uh, works properly, we are live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. However, unfortunately, due to some unforeseen technical issues, we are only live today on Facebook. And I that basically means that if you, our guest, have a question you would like to ask our guest today, you may go on here to our Facebook page and comment below with your question, and we will do our best to get your questions answered live during the initial broadcast. And I will be monitoring that feed if it works properly through my uh, phone here. But unfortunately, through some technical issues, it's not coming through on my phone. But we'll still be monitoring for your questions uh, on Facebook. But that said, uh, it will be around a 45-minute discussion. And our topic today continues on our series this month of giving back to the global community. And today on the podcast, we're focusing on another organization. This organization is the John M. Barry Boys and Girls Club of Newton, Massachusetts. And we're joined by its executive director, David Sellers. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me, Brian. I'm very excited to be here today. Thank you again. So what I always do with the podcast is I always start off with our guests introducing themselves a little bit more, obviously, than what I just said. So would you mind telling our listeners and viewers just a little bit more about your background. Well, good morning, everybody. Um, I am Dave Sellers. I'm the executive director of the John M. Barry Boys and Girls Club of Newton. And this is a position I've had the pleasure to hold for the last 12 years. Um, and uh, one uh, that has been dear to my family. If you're familiar at all with the Boys and Girls Club, you likely recognize uh, my name because my father did this work for a long time. Uh, and it's been uh, a culture within my family of giving back. Uh, and the Boys and Girls Club is uh, the place that really helped to form me into the type of person that I am. Uh, and my experiences on Dalby Street uh, in the late 70s and 80s uh, gave me the tools uh, that I needed to succeed in the business world um, and uh, to go and get my degree uh, and come back and do great things for kids. Um, this is probably the most rewarding place to work um, because it's the place where uh, no matter what's going on in your day, um, you can step away from your office and you can head downstairs and see a whole bunch of smiling faces, maybe lose to a kid at foosball or have them beat you at pool or sink a basketball jumper in your eye. And uh, all of those things are things that you feel good about at the end of the day. Um, and it's just a place where you can form great relationships and meet role models that can be in your life for many, many years to come. Uh, and that's been true in my service as executive director. Uh, I'm fortunate to work with board members who were here um, when I was a kid and uh, who have since gone on and become very, very successful. Uh, and it's just a, it's a culture where you're always looking um, up at that next person and trying to be just like them. And, and it's been a pleasure of mine to, to continue that work here um, now that the club is at 675 Watertown Street. Well, that is fantastic. And I, I, I'm just going to re quickly introduce because we, we were live, uh, unfortunately, on the wrong 
uh, feed at first there. So if you're just joining us and you just caught a little bit of a glimpse of that introduction and you're watching us live, this is the Cultural Connections uh, uh, podcast. I'm Brian Ives, your host and producer. And we are chatting today on the topic of giving back to the global community part two. And we're joined by David Sellers, executive director of the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club of Newton. So again, uh, if you have questions you'd like answered during the podcast today, please feel free to comment below on the feed that you are watching now that we are actually on the right feed. Um, but my next question to you then is, can you tell us a little bit more uh, about the John M. Barry Boys and Girls Club and what is the John M. Barry Boys and Girls Club? Sure. So the mission of the John M. Barry Boys and Girls Club is to inspire and enable young people to reach their full potential as productive, caring, responsible citizens. We are a child care center. Uh, we are a place where many families in Newton with elementary school age, middle school, and high school age children uh, choose to have their kids spend their time after school. Uh, we provide a variety of opportunities for growth. Um, our motto is to introduce the kids to as many things as we possibly can to give them a chance to try new things and to learn about themselves and learn what they like. Uh, and we give a chance for those caring relationships to form between adult mentors, um, and young people um, so that both of those uh, people grow. Um, and it's just been a tremendous place uh, for me to, to gain my background from. Um, I think the things that happened at the Boys and Girls Club today in 2021 um, are very different um, than what took place when I was a child. A lot of people have the, the uh, view of a Boys and Girls Club where it's just gym and swim. Um, or maybe you go there and you can learn to play pool or foosball and that's the end of it. Uh, but things have come a long way when it comes to Boys and Girls Club program offerings. Um, the most popular programs here at the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club this year are actually artistic programs. Um, things that uh, kids create and, and gain confidence and, and bring home with them when they're done with their club day that they're proud of. Um, we still have a great athletics program and basketball is still the primary program offering that most people take us up on here in the city of Newton. Um, but uh, in addition to those offerings, we have a lot of STEM programs in the Learning Center. Um, things like 3D printing and Lego engineering and robotics. Um, those are the types of things kids spend their days uh, doing here at the Boys and Girls Club. It's grown quite a bit from, from just the games room and the gym um, mantra that used to be in place. Um, in addition, as kids age at the Boys and Girls Club, it's a unique program in that unlike their schools where every few years they'll transition to a new school, um, throughout their entire childhood, they can be involved in the Boys and Girls Club. And as they get older and, and reach the upper middle school years and into high school, there's a separate teen center that the kids can spend their time in. And the focus there is on leadership, um, career exploration, and college exploration, um, where kids can be with mentors and be around other kids that are trying to gain skills and build their knowledge base. Um, and we give them the tools and the little bit of extra help some of them need um, to get on to that next stage in life where they can start giving back uh, and volunteering and donating to make their city a better place. Uh, so that's kind of the full circle discussion. We do start as young as kindergarten. We have licensed childcare in the form of our curiosity club for kindergarten, first, second grade, actually all the way through fifth grade can do licensed childcare if that's what parents are looking for. And then we have a general drop-in program for grades three and up where children can come or not come, it's up to them. Um, we have the doors open, we have programs running. 
Um, and we, of course, keep track of who enters the building and when children leave. But when they come into the building, it's completely up to them which areas of the club they like to spend their time in. Um, so that's kind of a make your own schedule um, type of situation. And for a lot of kids that come from a school day where everything is dictated and each period um, flows to the next, when they get here to the Boys and Girls Club and they get to make some choices and decide how they're going to spend the afternoon, a lot of them it really energizes them um, and really boosts them up for those last few hours of the day while they await for their parents to get out of work um, and then to bring them home for dinner. Uh, we do have evening programs up till 8 o'clock uh, p.m. for middle school and high school kids. Uh, and it's just a great variety of things that kids can try to find out where they fit uh, and what things they like to do. It's great. I mean, it's amazing to, to hear that. And you had already jumped ahead and answered my next question. So we're going to move forward from there. But I, I just, again, want to remind our viewers that are just tuning in. Uh, and that are just watching us right now coming on live to our live feed that you are joining us for the Cultural Connections podcast. We're live on Thursday, December 16th, 2021. And we are talking about giving back to the global community part two with our series of this all month log. We're going to be focusing on different organizations. Today's organization is the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club of Newton, Massachusetts. And we're joined by its executive director, David Sellers. My next question to you is because you've already answered about the mission and values of the uh, part of the uh, question that I was going to ask you next is to tell us more about the opportunities. You got into a little bit, I think, in your in your answer, in your last uh, answer there, but some more. What are some of the opportunities that are available to students at the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club? Sure. So last year uh, during the pandemic, the Boys and Girls Club was continuously open for face to face. Um, entering a relationship building. Um, and we offered 73 different programs in the areas that I mentioned, athletics, arts, social recreation, um, and STEM. Um, so of those offerings, uh, a few of the highlights, uh, we have a program called um, Music Production, where in our music studio, staff members help children use uh, software and technology uh, to make beats and to record themselves singing and play instruments and make music. Um, another popular program of ours was our ceramics program, um, where um, children will create works of art and then fire them in the kiln. Uh, I know a lot of Christmas presents got made uh, that will be delivered later in the month uh, during the ceramics program. Um, for teens, um, a good example of a program is Real Talk. Um, which is a judgment-free um, conversation amongst teenagers where they set the agenda and they decide the types of things that they want to explore together, um, supported by caring and trained club staff. Um, and, you know, that goes all the way down to sp fun sports programs. One of the, we're one of the few places where you can still play dodgeball. And I know that's something a lot of kids like to do, although the balls are a lot softer they, than they were when I was a kid. Um, but a lot of the programs in the gymnasium are just designed to get kids running around um, and get that little bit of extra exercise in where gym class in school might be once a week and sometimes not at all. Uh, here at the Boys and Girls Club, they can come on over um, and participate um, every day of the week if they wanted to get their exercise in completely here. Our gym is always available to them in the, after school, in the afternoon and in their early evening hours. Uh, it's one of the few gyms in the city that's completely controlled by children. Uh, so we're very proud of those offerings. Uh, if you're coming in for the STEM program, you might do uh, something in the area of coding. Um, or you might design something for the 3D printer and then have it print and, 
you know, have a living um, object that you created from scratch using a CAD program. Um, there are a lot of things to do down here and we have a lot of fun. Uh, our goal is to create a little bit of space for every single kid so that no matter what they're interested in, when they come down here, there's at least one area they can go to where they're comfortable. And then our job is to rely on our strong relationships and help that kid get to maybe some of the other areas um, that might be new to them or that they might be a little bit less sure about themselves. Um, and that's kind of how the magic happens here at the Boys and Girls Club of Newton. Well, that's fantastic. Um, and my, my, that brings me into my next question. It's about annual events. I know that the club puts on a lot of different annual events regularly throughout the course of the year. Uh, can you tell us about some of those annual events that the club uh, puts on on a regular basis? Sure, absolutely. Um, like most people, we are a little bit concerned about the current COVID environment. Uh, that right. said, we do have a few events on our schedule for sure for the spring, and we're hoping things stabilize and make those possible. Uh, starting with our largest fundraiser annually, which is the annual gala auction, uh, and that will take place on Saturday, April 2nd here at the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, we transform our gymnasium um, to a completely uh, different type of event space. And um, yeah, we have a lot of great items to sell, but really the focus of that evening is, is you'll be introduced to some of the club's members and see uh, some of their talents and hear them speak about what the Boys and Girls Club means to them. Um, and many businesses generously sponsor that event, uh, which we appreciate. Um, the other event that we know is on the schedule for the spring is the Joe Danucci Fight Night, which is an event we run in partnership with the Nonantum Boxing Club um, over on Adam Street here. Uh, that's a club run by... Um, a lot of grown up uh, Boys and Girls Club members who really wanted to make their community stronger uh, and who have really built a great culture over there. And we appreciate their continued association with the club. So for that one, there'll be a ring set up in the gymnasium and we serve a, a high class dinner um, to folks who are seated directly around the ring. Um, and usually there are seven to 10 USA boxing sanctioned bouts that take place uh, in, the, in the ring. Um, and we raise a little bit of money to support the Boys and Girls Club um, through that partnership. And it's all done in the name of Joe Danucci, uh, who we all appreciate, former state auditor of the, uh, of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, just an all around great guy and somebody that really exemplified giving back to your community um, and going back to the place that helped make you and making it a better place. Absolutely. No, that's fantastic. And excuse the phone <laughs> ringing here in the background, but um my next question then to you uh, is about really talking about how the club has grown in the last 10 to 15 years. How has the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club grown in the last 10, 15 years? Well, um, I wouldn't say we have necessarily a much larger population of children coming every day. But what we are able to offer that children, uh, excuse me, what we are able to offer those children who come down here is much broader. Um, and to be able to do that, it, it does cost quite a bit of money to offer a program like that. So if you look at our budget 15 years ago, um, it probably cost around $380,000 a year to run the Boys and Girls Club. And of course, by modern standards, um, the program that we're offering now is a $1.1 million program. Um, during that entire time, we haven't changed the cost of membership. And one thing that you should really know about the Boys and Girls Club is the cost of membership includes the cost of all of the programs. Um, everything we do here in the after school hours is covered by a fee of just $125 for the whole school year. Um, we're not a, a pay as you go program. Um, so the machinery 
that's required to produce $1.1 million is very different um, than what was in place 15 years ago. Um, at the same time, we're an organization um, with very low overhead. Uh, we don't have assistance to our assistance. So when you donate a dollar to the Boys and Girls Club, um, a very high portion of that dollar, worth um, of 70 cents of it, um, goes directly to the programs that are offered to the children. Um, the other big change you'll see in our facility over the last 15 years is it's a lot safer. Um, 15 years ago, our building was built, um, actually our building was built 22 years ago with a wide open floor plan where the idea was any child could come in here anytime and any person from the community that wanted to come in and take part of things could come in and instantly be a part of our program. So we've retooled our facility to have um, a front entrance that is secure. Um, and we've added security cameras throughout the property, which are, current, which are constantly monitored, um, just to produce a much safer environment that's controlled so that you know exactly who's coming and going at all times. Um, and uh, when you put those improvements together uh, with the wide varieties of programs that I've talked about so far, um, I think the kid just said, the average kid has a much better experience um, than they may have had um, a long time ago. Um, and part of that is the increased staffing that we've put in place. Um, 15 years ago, the Boys and Girls Club would have run with a staff of seven. Um, and today, uh, to provide that extra individual attention and that extra amount of caring um, that we can bring to the table, um, this club staff is, is 14. Um, so we've doubled the size of the staff in the, in the same amount of time. Um, and we've made a lot of improvements to what we can do down here at the Boys and Girls Club. That's, that's great. That is absolutely great to hear. Uh, the, my next question to you, which I think we've all been impacted one way or another by this global COVID-19 ever-ending, never-ending pandemic that doesn't seem like it wants to go away. How ha you talked a little bit about this, but how, how has the global COVID-19 pandemic impacted the functionality of the club? Well, I, I think the shock was universal um, back on March 12th. Um, 2020, uh, when the Commonwealth of Massachusetts basically shut down on a, on a Thursday afternoon, uh, and childcare programs like mine were instantly told you could not operate. Um, so within 48 hours, we had assembled our staff, and we had begun planning to move as many programs as we could to virtual. And we led the way way before the schools were able to get any type of virtual programming launched. The Boys and Girls Club had a slate of virtual programs so that the children that had been mentored up to that point, um, so you're talking six months of the school year, could continue to interact with their favorite staff members. And during that time when a lot of us were at home, um, there was a lot of light uh, amongst the Boys and Girls Club staff being able to continuously uh, interact with the kids. And one of the most popular programs we did during that time was actually on Facebook Live. Um, a staff member named Rob Fujiwara would go to a different hiking location uh, once a week and all of the club kids would tune in on Facebook Live and experience um, wherever he was taking a look around. And um, you know, that's an example, but there were lots of things and a lot of our conversational groups um, our help sessions, a lot of those things could continue online. And we made the best of it as most, as most people did. Um, but the very first chance, and that was June 23rd of that year, that we could reopen and have children back in this building, we jumped at the chance. We immediately went into an in-person summer camp with full COVID-19 protocols and ran that program for an extended period of 10 weeks um, that summer, and that took us right up to the school year. And we've been open continuously for face-to-face -face communications with protocols in place um, ever since. 
some of the things we miss, we miss our awards night. We miss that one night a year where every family that's been active at the Boys and Girls Club can be in the gymnasium, break bread together, um, and just uh, celebrate all of the things that the kids did during the past year. Um, we did a we, we did a virtual one the first year, and you know it's it's good, but it's not quite the same. Right. Um, and we hope to be back to that in June. Um, but from a kid's standpoint, other than the groups being a little bit smaller, wearing a mask all the time, um, and are paying a little bit more attention than would tip, be typical to how smaller groups are and keeping those groups cohesive, I don't think the kids saw much of a difference between the operation uh, before COVID and post-COVID uh, because those caring relationships were still right there for them. That's great. That is absolutely great to hear. And before we continue, I just again want to remind our viewers that are just tuning in that we are joining us here either live watching the Cultural Connections podcast or listening to the Cultural Connections podcast, whichever way you are choosing to join us from. And we are live on Thursday, December 16th, 2021. And we are on part two of our series of giving back to the global community. And we are joined by David Sellers, the executive director of the John M. Barry Boys and Girls Club of Newton, Massachusetts. So my next question to you then would um, would be is talking more about the um, the opportunities that have helped other young people in the community. What are some of the opportunities that the club has given that have helped other young people in the, in the, in the community uh, through the club? So the Boys and Girls Club community has always been a strong one. And this is going back to my youth in the 70s. Um, it was a place where the community would come together, uh, especially around the holidays of Thanksgiving and, and later on Christmas and Hanukkah. Um, and where folks could celebrate together, come together, um, have a good time, but also do great things. Um, and, you know, that's a proud tradition uh, coming out of the, the community of Nonantum, um, where groups like the St. Mary of Carmen Society and the Nonantum Children's Christmas Party Association formed. Um, the Boys and Girls Club was always a strong partner to groups like that. And we've continued the great work they do, which is basically you know, the Boys and Girls Club is set up so that a kid from any background is going to have the exact same experience, whether your parents are in need or whether you're wealthy, um, no matter what religion you've practiced or what your culture is, when you come to the Boys and Girls Club, the exact same things are offered to you. Um, and you have the exact same experience, regardless of those, those elements. Um, so in doing that type of work, um, there are families in need that we interact with on a regular basis, and we've always organized um, so that we can take care of those families and give them that little bit of extra help, especially around the holidays, whether it's a turkey and fixings uh, in advance of Thanksgiving. Um, later this month, we'll be providing gift cards to families who have demonstrated need and who are part of our membership and receiving financial assistance. Um, and the children play a big role uh, in supporting those families, whether it's packing up the gift packages before we send them on, um, or it's, it's aiding in the collection and asking their parents to get involved when it comes to helping these families. Um, the primary vehicle of, of community service here at the Boys and Girls Club are our leadership clubs for teens. We have a Keystone Club for high school kids and a Torch Club for middle school kids. And these are cohesive groups where they um, will set their own priorities when it comes to charity. They'll decide what they want to raise some money for and what they want to give to. Um, and they will um, also decide how they want to make that money. And usually it's through some type of entrepreneurial in initiative, whether it's a snack bar or some type of sale. Uh, we've sold everything from Tupperware to popcorn. Um, but for those kids, a lot of the time, it's their 
first time handling money and it's the first time being a group of people in charge of money. Um, so we set them on an early path. Uh, and we've actually been fortunate to work with the Highland Street Foundation um, as part of the Youth Philanthropy Initiative. And sometimes the Highland Street Foundation will give those groups of kids $10,000 and then let them decide which charities to give it to. So if you're a teenager here at the Boys and Girls Club, there's some pretty unique ways uh, that you've been able to kind of get accustomed to community service and to volunteering. Um, and uh, it's been a great place in terms of bringing people together and, and making everybody feel valued and whole, um, while at the same time making sure those who need it get a little bit of extra help. That's the culture here at the Boys and Girls Club of Newton. Well, isn't that amazing uh, and fantastic? My next question then to you would be, as the executive director of the club, what is the most rewarding factor that you get from being as the executive director of the uh, of the club? What is the most rewarding factor to you? That's a good question. And, and, and let me tell you, it hasn't changed. I, I first came to work for the Boys and Girls Club in 1997. Um, and um, I, I, I get that type of feedback through different things today, um, but it's all the same. And it's that, it's that twinkle and it's that smile when you see a kid lock into something and really get it. Um, especially if it's something that didn't come easy to them, something that they maybe struggled with. Um, and in 1997, for me, it was on the basketball court. And it's one of the reasons why I still work here and why I still love this work. Um, today, a lot of times it might be with a staff member or with a board member, seeing them get it and realize the importance of their work. Um, but I still get that chance to go downstairs and play foosball and, and make a kid's day by losing to them. Um, and I still get to interact with the kids in the classroom. And, and you see that moment where a lesson is being taught and it just locks in and then you see them instantly give it back to you in some way. And to me, that, that's the fix that really keeps me going. Oh, that's fantastic. That really is. Um, now let's talk, before I continue again, I just want to remind our viewers that are just tuning in that you're either watching live with us or listening to the Cultural Connections podcast. We're live on Thursday, December 16th, 2021, and we're continuing our series of giving back to the global community. Uh, and this month, this episode today, we're, is part two of our series, and we're talking about the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club of Newton, and we're joined by its executive director, David Sellers. Uh, of the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club of Newton, Massachusetts. And I want to remind our viewers too, if you're watching with us live on Facebook right now and you have a question you would like answered while we are live, feel free to put your questions in the comments below and we will do our best to make sure we get your questions answered while we are live. Um, my next question to you is looking ahead now as we move towards the future end of things is where do you see the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club in 10 to 15 years from now? Well, that's a little bit hard to picture uh, in the time of COVID. I, I have to say, you know, a lot of our assumptions, a lot of the things we thought would be tr true today are, are definitely in flux and changing a little bit. Um, that said, I know the Boys and Girls Club's long-term plan. And I think, um, you know, we've seen a renaissance here at the Boys and Girls Club when it comes to the arts and the investment that we make in it and um, the positive outcomes that the kids are getting from it. Um, and long-term, we'd like to make that same investment when it comes to health and wellness. Um, we offer occasional nutrition classes and cooking classes. And, uh, you know, of course, exercise is a big part of health and wellness and we have sports. Um, but as we move forward uh, 15 years from now, I hope 
um, that that area um, of children's lives is a place where they can come to the club and get very positive outcomes uh, when it comes to their health and wellness, um, because I know that will help make them more successful adults um, and adults that have the stamina and the power and, and the desire to give back and to volunteer and to make their community a better place. That's fantastic. It really, really is. Um, my next question then is, how do you expect with what you just mentioned, how do you expect to reach these future goals? What what is your how, what is your plan moving forward to reach these goals as you move forward? Well, a lot of it does come down to resources. Um, you know, you can't do anything without money is is the common refrain. I think the Boys and Girls Club has done a lot of things with very little money, and I think that's been our our mantra moving backwards. Um, as, as we increase the breadth of our program and as we do more, we've always kind of done it on a shoestring. Um, and in the past year, despite COVID, and in fact, the last five years, the Boys and Girls Club has had some really big wins, um, whether it's our partnership with the Boston Athletic Association and Boston Marathon numbers, um, our establishment of an endowment, which has continued to grow these last five years, um, and uh, offers an opportunity for somebody that really wanted to make a life-changing gift for the organization that is the Boys and Girls Club. You know, it's a permanent fund that grows and produces interest that the Boys and Girls Club can benefit from. We've made great strides financially, um, but to get things to the next level, we have to continue to grow because, of course, the world is changing and everything is more expensive than it used to be. Um, so money does play a big role in that. Um, that said, we have to get the right people on the bus. Um, one thing's always been true of the Boys and Girls Club. The kids usually go there for the people that they meet uh, and for what those people can share with them and what they bring to the table. It's not about the shiny facility, which we're very proud of. It's about the people they meet. So we've got we've to find the right partnerships and bring the right people in, uh, first as volunteers and then as contractors and eventually as full-time employees of the Boys and Girls Club that bring that skill set to the table and they can really energize kids and get them excited around it. Um, and that's, that'll be the challenge for the next seven years so that in 15 years, it's a done deal. And this club has doubled or tripled in size uh, and kids get um, all they can out of coming in here during those after-school hours. It's impressive. It really is. Um, so my next question then to you here is, as you mentioned, the money factor. And we're going to, again, bring this back before the end of the episode today, but I want to bring it up now for the, our view, for those watching live and for those listening later on during our uh, on one of our listening platforms that would like to make a donation. And for those watching, we will have a information on how to donate, but can you give our viewers that are watching or listening to us uh, how they can go about making a donation to the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club? Sure, the best way to support the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club uh, is to go to www.newtonbgc.com. And you'll see a link on the top right of every page uh, that says donate today. Uh, there's a nice convenient way to make a donation. Um, you do not need to have a PayPal account. It's definitely possible to check out as a guest, um, but that's the easiest, quickest way that anybody can go if they want to support the Boys and Girls Club uh, and make a gift happen. It's also possible to let us know if you want to make your gift in honor of somebody or in memory of somebody. Um, all of that is right there. Great. When we're going to bring that up one more time before the end of our episode today. But within the last few questions that we have here, let's talk about 
challenges. And I mean, with everything, I mean, besides obviously this COVID-19 pandemic, what has been some of the greatest challenges that the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club has faced again, other than the global, the global COVID-19 pandemic? Well, I'll tell you, um, we were actually pretty well positioned when it comes to dealing with the pandemic. Uh, and those were challenges that we met prior to the start of the pandemic. Uh, one of them being improving our technology. Um, it's expensive to have Wi-Fi throughout your entire building and have it to be powerful enough that 200 children could be in your building and all be on Wi-Fi at the same time. Um, you know, that's expensive. And to have a, a budget uh, for operating that, that um, you know, we typically just barely meet the need. So to carve out an extra $30,000 to be able to create a project like that, that was definitely a challenge. But we had already met that challenge um, just prior to the pandemic. Um, you know, other challenges we faced, um, you, know, you, you, have to, you have to be very consistent in your delivery uh, and in your messaging when it comes to the great things you do for children. Um, and we are. Um, occasionally, you know, we'll have a big win for a funding source that just, it's a one-time thing. It's, it's not sustainable. Um, and, um, you know, to build your program and improve it all, and then to come in behind it with sustainable money that's going to be there to maintain all those gains you made, that's, that's kind of a constant challenge um, for all nonprofits, but especially for our Boys and Girls Club as well. Um, right now, one of the primary challenges I see um, is that I think families of need in Newton have been really struggling um, to stay in Newton with the cost of rent and the cost of living being as high as it is. Um, those families that have that have traditionally formed the backbone um, of the Boys and Girls Club, I, I think some of them um, maybe have moved on to other communities. Um, and part of that is real estate and the fact that you can't get a single family home in Newton for much less than a million dollars. Um, and part of it is that for some families that have been in Newton for multiple generations, sharing a two family or a three family house, the real estate market got to a point where for those families selling that house and then relocating in another community becomes a very attractive option um, because of the, the, the um, price that land in Newton commands. Um, so I think Newton is changing a little bit. And you know, for the, from the Boys and Girls Club standpoint, sometimes it's a challenge um, to let folks know that the Boys and Girls Club is here. Um, the other, the other two things that we'll run into in terms of challenges is that a lot of folks think that all boys and girls clubs are the same and that a gift to the Boston Boys and Girls Clubs who would do amazing work um, in all of the communities of Boston will also somehow benefit the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club, um, but that's not the case. Um, and we hope that the residents of Newton will consider helping their local Boys and Girls Club and the local children from their community um, because sometimes I think we're all kind of lumped together and people don't realize um, that we're a different um, franchise, if you will, here in the city of Newton. Um, the other challenge we have is just getting the word out that we're for real. It is $125 for the whole school year. Um, and we don't charge for many other things. Um, so it's for real and any kid can come here literally every day after school and we will take great care of them and give them great things to do. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, my next question then to you is, which is sort of what you alluded to is because obviously there are other boys and girls clubs all over the state, all over the country for that matter. What sets the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club apart to, uh, the, from other clubs in the area? What, what is the biggest thing that sets it apart? 
Well, on the contrary, Brian, I, I think Boys and Girls Clubs work very hard to be very similar to each other. Uh, Boys and Girls Clubs of America sets very high standards for club operations. Um, and, you know, we have to meet those standards. So when it comes to being accessible to everybody and having a fee that everybody can afford to pay and giving it away to anybody who cannot, uh, when it comes to having paid professional staff inside our buildings, um, clean, um, well-maintained facilities, um, these are all things that all Boys and Girls Clubs must do uh, in order to carry the name. So I'd say we're very similar to a lot of organizations. I think one thing that makes our organization unique is that we tend to have staff members stay for a long period of time. Um, our Boys and Girls Club going back to the 1950s has had um, four executive directors. That's it. And uh, it's, it's my pleasure to have been one of them. Uh, but there's a lot of longevity. So there's a lot of connection of the vision. You know, we're not an organization that loses its way easier, gets off on a tangent and maybe gets overextended. Um, we know our core mission and we know the best way to carry it out. Uh, and we're always learning and innovating and growing, um, but that mission doesn't change. And part of that is our really strong board of directors. We have many board members that have been on 20 years or more. And, and a lot of people will tell you, well, that's a recipe for stagnation. Um, and it's just not true because our board is very well balanced with new and old members and everybody's voice is heard and everybody brings their best um, their best capabilities to the table. And, you know, sometimes the result when, when it comes to a, walk in, a kid walking through our doors downstairs, the result is just spectacular. And I think those things make our Boys and Girls Club maybe a little bit unique. And that's, that's what I think it's incredible. It really, really is. And within our last few minutes here, as it starts to believe we're already reaching towards the end, I just again want to remind those that are just tuning in at the last few minutes that are with us on our live. We are live here on the Cultural Connections podcast, whether you're watching or listening to us. It is live on Facebook right now on Thursday, uh, December 16th, 2021. And we are doing part two in our special series of giving back to the global community. And we are joined by David Sellers, executive director of the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club of Newton. If you have questions you'd like to ask our, our guest, David Sellers, you may put them in the comment section here on Facebook and we'll be sure to answer them within the last few minutes of where, while we're live. Even if we're not live and you have a question, feel free to comment on the platform you are watching from when we do have it on all of our platforms and we'll be sure to get that question answered for you. But again, within our last few minutes here, I want to go back to a question we already asked, and that is again about making a donation for our viewers. Once again, that want to know how can they go about making a donation? Can you remind one more time how our viewers can, can make a donation if they would like to make a donation to the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club? It's annual fun season here at the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club, and of course, many nonprofits. Um, Newton is just such a well-run city with, with a breadth of nonprofits. And you have many, many choices when it comes to making holiday donations on behalf of your family or on behalf of your business company or foundation. Um, I just think our Boys and Girls Club offers a very unique opportunity to get the help directly uh, to those who need it without overhead, without red tape. Um, and um, the best way to support the John and Barry Boys and Girls Club, and we are, we are hoping to raise $50,000 between now and December 31st, that would get us to our goal uh, for the mid-year point for the Boys and Girls Club. The best way to support us is to go to www.newtonbgc.com and to click on donate today on the top right. 
if you don't remember that website, there will that website will be listed on our comment section here on Facebook, along with a graphic that will be displayed for those watching on our, our other viewing platforms, which is Instagram and YouTube and Twitter. And it'll also be available in a comment section on our listening platforms, too. If you do not remember that website, don't worry. We will have it listed there for you. But it, it's crazy to think we've already gone through a full another episode of the podcast here. Again, I want to thank David Sellers for joining me today. If you have questions or comments or would like to make a suggestion for a future episode of the podcast, please don't hesitate to email me at brianives at gmail.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-I-V-E-S at gmail.com. As a reminder, for the entire month of December, our focus on the podcast is going to be about giving back to the global community. So we'll be focusing on different charitable organizations that are doing good for the global community. And we invite you as well, if you have an organization that you would like to share or that you have recommendations for an organization that you think we should spotlight on the podcast, please again, feel free to get in contact me with that email address, brianives at gmail.com. And again, I wanna thank David Sellers for joining me today. And I will see, we will see you next time on the Cultural Connections podcast. My name is Brian Ives and I am the producer and the host of the Cultural Connections podcast. Thanks for watching. Thank you again for watching this episode of the Cultural Connections podcast. For more information on today's episode, be sure to check out our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch this episode again in its entirety on our YouTube channel. This podcast is also available on listening platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Radio Public, and New TV. Thanks again for watching this episode of the Cultural Connections podcast.